This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on a somewhat cold Florida day, I'm here with Power Uhuru. Man, that brother got power, and he's searching for freedom, man. He got that, you know, he got that freedom in in his veins, and he's definitely going to say how he took his idea from America to Ghana and made the movie Coming to Africa. Yes, folks, on Amazon, Apple, and so many other networks. You can go search for it now. It's out now. No need to wait. Powell, what's going on with you, brother? How are you? Man, Kellen, what's happening, man? I'm good, man. I'm feeling nice and frigid. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, man, I'm just in loving the response for the movie, man. I'm glad to be here with you, my brother. Man, I'm glad to have you before, you know, things get crazy for you and you you get your um your Ashcott beret and cigarette holder and, and really get that Hollywood, you know, <laughs> go Hollywood on us, which is all good, you know. But I, I got to just jump in because that film, I mean, since I, I saw it, I said, this this is a series. This is what everybody needs to see. You need to watch that right now, you guys. I'm not mad if you turn off the interview and come back and go watch Coming to Africa. It was a great film, as I've told you before. What sparked this whole idea? Man, uh, actually, to be honest with you, the, the travels back and forth to Africa that me and my wife had been uh, doing, we had been going back and forth to Africa, man, for like 13, going on 14 years now. And uh, my cousin, like I said, my cousin is a film director and a film professor. University of Arkansas, and uh, he was like, "Cousin, man, we, I want to make a movie. I want to make a movie about uh, in Africa because he's been making films here." And I was telling him about all my experiences. I was showing him the uh, videos and the pictures from my trips, telling him about different things we was going through and how we were making our way over the years. And he was just culminating, putting it all in his mind, along with his own personal ideas. And man, we came up with this movie, man. That's to see the highest started. Okay, so you had cousin to know how to put the bits and the pieces together and the budgeting, and you had the Africa piece and you know the, some other some other things uh, that kind of just tied in. So with the unity, you guys won and are winning, and that's that's what it's about. But did was the reason to go shoot in Ghana just because that he always wanted to go? Or was there like some, was there some, you know, it's cheaper to make a film in Ghana in theory, you know, opposed to trying to do it in LA and and got to deal with these permits. In Ghana, did you have to deal with permits? And if so, how did you find out how to like make that all happen? Okay, uh, as far as like that's concerned, uh, you, you, can, you both, you're right on both, on both facets right there, bro. Because when you're shooting in Ghana, as far as budgeting is concerned, it is nothing like what you would experience in the United States of America trying to put together a film. And what I mean by that, when I say things are cheaper, I don't mean the quality of things are cheaper. Just the pricing of things are cheaper. The services are cheaper. The people that are more apt to be masters of their craft when you're dealing with our brothers and sisters on the continent. And as far as permitting goes, we were dealing with another uh, production company on the ground called Me Prime Entertainment, which is owned by a brother named P.Y.I.D. Boitang, which is one of my good, good brothers, like one of those relationships I was telling you earlier that I had made before. And we came in and started dealing with P.Y., brought him in on the project. P.Y. was that go-to guy in Ghana, along with the other hookups uh, and people that I knew. P.Y. knew how to get the permits for shooting at the airport, which we kind of did a little guerrilla shoot at the airport, but i get into that in a minute. But that was so, it was super cool, bro, how it happened. And we had the locations. And so basically when we did switch locations, those people, man, like the African way of doing things is a lot, doing things is a lot different than what we're used to here in the States. You know, a lot of, a lot of brothers and sisters that had the uh, businesses that we used to shoot and use locations for, they were like, if you just uh, display the name of my business in the movie, that'd be enough for us. We want to help you with the project. And so we ran into a lot of that, but as far as like paying for permits and paying for locations, 
something that we really didn't have to experience over in the African continent. And nobody was tripping. And I'm glad that, you know, Ghana is one of those countries that is advanced in its marketing because there's some countries that it's no, no film, you know, at all, just because they don't understand that you being in a film will have all these other tourists come and want to go visit what you're doing. So that's a beautiful thing with, with Ghana. But when it did come to paying for some permits, and let's talk about that guerrilla marketing or that guerrilla shoot at the airport, because that stuff adds on to a film. And a lot of folks don't understand, you know, especially if you're in LA, I mean, they make you do stuff that in and Atlanta now that you wouldn't have to do in Kentucky or North Dakota, but are Ghana. So what were the permit costs? And then how did you guys kind of just, you know, quick, was it a quick shoot on that gorilla shoot and let's get out of here. Let's start, let's start with the airport because the airport was like a real situation. So the day that we had the airport shoot, we were, we were thinking that we, a PY was calling around, trying to see who do we need to pay, get the permit or whatever to done. Nobody would really like, it's like, you know, you run to one of those things, like it's a stalemate. Uh, everybody's like, uh, I don't know, let me transfer you to this person. Let me transfer you to this person. After going through that for a while, we came up with the idea. We were like, okay, let's just get up early in the morning before the flights, because uh, one piece of information, Ghana airport closes. It's not like 24 hour airport, you know what I mean? You're not going to be there getting a flight at 2 in the morning, flying. No, nah, it's not happening like that. The staff goes home at a certain hour. Staff comes to work at a certain hour. So what we said was, all right, we're going to get up. We're going to get to the airport really early, like 4.30, 30 in the morning. Bang out the shots before the airport even opens up. Opens up at 7 o'clock in the morning. Be done. Get up out of there so we won't have to worry about the permits and no security, no anything like that. So yeah, no ahead. police, no police and no military was in your way trying to stop you. They just allowed you to get be there. No, nah, man. No, nah, nah, nothing like that. When the airport opens, that's when everybody comes to work. It's not like, you know, here you got TSA patrolling the perimeter every 30 seconds and stuff like that. Now, nah, we didn't have to worry about that. So, look, when we got there, uh, Kellen, we, we arrived. We started banging out the shots, getting everything organized, getting the lights out, doing everything. We were rolling. We were rolling. And so we had this particular scene. We had the sister Nana Alma McBrown, which is uh, one of the top stars in Ghana, bro. She was on set. So when she came on set, you know, when you say you're going to do a, a shoot in an hour, it may turn to two and a half hours. It may turn to four. So this is what we started experiencing. So people coming to work, we get nervous. Okay, we see the security coming to work. We get nervous. So they starting to look, you know, because the level, is, uh, the airport is two levels. So we, they looking from the top level, like eventually, like who are those people and what are they doing over there in the corner? <laughs> so when they came down and approached us, they saw Nana Amma McBrown. Now, when I say Nana Amma McBrown is a big star, she's on the ice bags, she's on the beverages, she's on all the billboards. Every corner you turn in Ghana, you're going to see Nana Amma McBrown. She's a, like the most well-known face, second to the president, maybe. But... When the security came down, the guy saw Nana Alma McBrown. The dude went crazy. He was like, oh, my dumb, my dumb, my dumb. What do you need? What do you need here? And she told us, we shooting here. We just want to make sure that everything's fine. Bro, we had a security guard on the team at that point. No worries, no permits, no nothing. We did the whole shoot, and we were there for about a good seven, eight hours and got it done. So that's like the ease of doing stuff in Ghana. So, yeah, it was lovely. You got that clout real quick, and then you got that pass. By default, then do you become, you know, famous? Oh, that's the one who was with. <laughs> and that's exactly how it happened in Ghana, bro. Like, oh, that is the one. You are right. That is him right there. Yeah, so it's like that. And, you know, in Africa, it's, it's cool, man. And I always say, I use the, uh, the term, we had the juice card at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, back back to the permits, what would you say that you spent in permits and shooting in Ghana for the whole film? Man, we didn't pay a permit fee at all. Hello. We didn't pay a permit fee. Like I say, we were just dealing with the business owners, straight hand-to-hand -hand business owner. Like if they wanted that business displayed or what they were selling in their business displayed, boom, they gave us that because it's kind of like, they're not really like preoccupied with the self, self, self like we are here. I got to get a dollar for everything. A lot of times, if you have a relationship with someone in Africa or in Ghana, per se, 
they're going to help you. They're genuinely going to help you. And I mean, and that was a really saving grace for us in the film far as budgeting is concerned, too. Man, that's that's a beautiful thing. Even if you do have to give or spend a dollar, um, I don't know how uh, Ghana is, but in most African countries, it's a dollar or two, you know, and what is it to just make somebody go away? I call it appreciation. My Nigerian brothers, uh, it's not bribe, it's appreciation. I appreciate you. Now let me do what I got to do. And, yeah, and so that's a beautiful thing. So with the ease of shooting out there, are there anything like SAG where, you know, you can be a part of that just so you can um, even learn more about the industry out there and be connected? Are they Do they have organizations like that for filmmakers that you have found beneficial? Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of one, uh, one of the organizations, but it's a sister named uh, Bassi Muhammad. Uh, Bassi Muhammad was an assistant uh, director. Uh, well, she was a production assistant. But uh, Bassi Muhammad is very well connected, and she has actually started an organization that's trying to organize, just like SAG, to make sure that people has have a, a certain standard of pay that they get when doing goddamn films. And uh, I, like I said, I can't think of the name of it. It's going to pop in my head in a minute <clears throat> to let you know before we're done. I definitely will give it to you. But uh, it's not really like an organized situation like SAG as we know it to be here for the Screen Actors Guild where you know you pay your fee, you get in, and then they're managing things for you and giving you a, a certain a set of pay. But those are the things that we see that we should connect with together to create, to make sure that everybody has a viable industry that they can live and work from. Because a lot of actors and actresses in Ghana, man, they have a, a regular job, you know, aside from their acting, some of them, not all of them. But some of them will have a regular gig, you know, on, outside their, uh, their acting, you know, to keep them afloat or whatnot. So that's one of the things. And it's, as the country is progressing, it's very much viable and uh, the ability is there for that to happen and to be organized. Now, we always hear on YouTube and, you know, Powers Ben and his wife, they've been living their best life in Ghana. That's also their YouTube name, y'all. So go check that out. Links will be in the description. But you, we always hear, oh, well, I'm not going to go to Ghana because it's oversaturated. It's it's too many Black Americans out there. And, and so they're talking about you. So I'm going to give you uh, a chance to, you know, respond. And with love, of course, because with more of us being out there means that you have somebody who can kind of lead you guide you mentorship you know brother is necessito i'm gonna start speaking spanish y'all um it is necessary for the younger generation because they just think i can go it i can just jump out and go but talk about your experience in ghana and how you've been able to connect just on a personal man let me tell you something uh i'm glad you brought that up because that is a necessary conversation that we need to have as people you need your connections and when i say connections when we first got there, we first started traveling in 2006, my wife and I. And when I say we got there, the love was there. We were accepted and uh, we were uh, welcomed home by our brothers and sisters. But when you get there, by us coming from a, a different, uh, how can I put it? A different uh, background, a different place. You need people that are there that can guide you along your way. There's certain pitfalls that you have to have uh, either an elder or an OG, if you might say, for you know, for use of a better word, to guide you along the way. Now, we came there. Uh, I never knew at this point in 2006, 2007, that people had left the United States of America, diasporans, black people from the States, African from the States, had left here and went to Africa and established themselves very well. When I got there in 2006, I started meeting elders, bro, that had been there for 28 years. 35 years, 14 years, 10 years. And I was amazed, man. I was like, I never heard of y'all. I never heard of you. I actually thought I was doing something, you know, some spectacular. I'm going to Africa, man. Let's go. And went there and saw all these gang of people that's been there for all of these years. But truth be told, man, since uh Kwame and Krumah, there have been a lot of people from the states that have been going to uh not only Ghana. But to all countries in Africa, man. So if you land in Tanzania, you're gonna run into some old Black Panthers in Tanzania. You land in Angola, you're gonna run into basketball players that's been there for 20, 25 years in Angola. So once we started there, we started meeting the elders, man, and talking, and they were seeing our genuineness and who we are as a people and our love for Africa. Uh, they start to give you little bits, little gems. They start to give you a little game. 
You know, they put you up on how to move on what you should pay for this. Uh, what should, what you should expect as far as like you're buying, getting your residency, or what, what steps to take to do any and everything, how to buy your clothes, where to go to the market to buy your food, you know, all things like that. And it's people, like I say, it's people there that has been doing this for a long time. And so we saw the need now being a, a younger group of people going to the continent. All right, we need to establish uh, a rapport with our elders. And actually we need to establish certain things to have open up and training facilities. When our brothers and sisters do come from the States, they need an orientation know what to do and how to move and so that's a lot of the things that people that's, that, that are my age that are doing now on the continent bro to make the transition easier and give a learning perspective for people coming and you know what that almost needs to be with this whole you know youtube has shown folks so oh, i can just run i can run but if i was um in politics in African countries, I would make it a requirement like a COVID test because we're coming and a lot of folks have trauma they haven't been able to deal with. And so uh, I and personally dealing with that in the past uh, with mental health, I don't necessarily want to have a whole bunch of folks who their mind isn't ready. I'm going to tell you a quick story. We had a brother when we brought um, some folks over to Kenya he walked around and somebody said, hey, nice shoes. You know, he stood out, L.A. brother, straight straight from the, you know, the grind, the soil. Right. He said, oh, you like my shoes? He's like, you like my headphones too? They match, you know, they lime green. They're like, yeah, I like them. You know, it's a group of five. He said, you want to come take them? He thought they wanted to fight and, and peace up. So that's why we need that. We need brothers who have been there, know it, and say, look, if they say this, if, if a man happens to grab your hand like he's holding it, he's not on no funny stuff. It's just culturally he's trying to connect, you know, and there's so many things that folks are like, hold on, are you sweet or something? Nah, I don't play that, man. <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing sweet but the, the pineapples, the ananas, you know. So I, I definitely like what you're saying. Are you maybe thinking of a business like that? Man, look, man, it's already done. It's like one of those like one of those things. I kind of be hesitant about talking about it because you know how they go, lose lips, sink ships. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I feel cool right here because we're on Diversified Game. So basically, we got a lot of situations going on, man. Uh, we are a part. It's not our uh, organization, but we're a part of this thing called uh, St. Copa Repatriation. Uh, and it's owned by and ran by my sister named Yaa Santawa. So Sia is from uh, down south, where she lived in uh, in uh, the DMV, in the Maryland area, in DC area. But she's there on the ground now, man. She has a say, Copa Repatriation House, which is a house, bro, that you can come and you can stay there for. When I say cheap, I mean cheap, cheap, cheap by our standards and Ghanaian standards. You can stay there for uh, up to sixty days. Plant your feet, learn to wear around. It's orientation that's going down. The whole nice a network of drivers, a network of uh, sisters to take you to the market, and everything to orient you on being in the continent. And that's one of the things that we all work together. And she's been, you can look it up, it's called Sankofa Repatriation Project. And she's been doing that, bro. And I think that is one of the most important things that you can do. Because like you said, we've even come into contact with, I don't know if you're familiar with the brother uh, JT, that's in Burkina Faso, the bigger figure. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. But, uh, you know, he had a situation where Brother Kane had was suffering from severe mental illness. And the brother ended up losing his life there. And uh, that's not common. That's not uh, that's not anything to be afraid of because there was that one particular brother and his mental situation. But it's a reality, like you say. Like uh, somebody coming from L.A. because I grew up in L.A. too. And, you know, you you coming over there with the same mindset that you're going to bang out your colors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's not the same world. It's a different world, man. Even when you get stopped by the police, bro, it's a different world. You don't have to be in fear for your life. They're not going to shoot you with them AK-47. They are really genuinely interested in seeing what you who you are and having a conversation with you. So it's imperative, man, that we get those education courses. And, and uh, I was hearing you say about, like, put it in the hands of the government. I think that's one of the things that we should do as those of us that have repatriated back because we have we hold the key to being able to communicate properly with our people from the states. And so as being that said, you know, it's certain words that I can sit down and have a conversation with a guy, and you, 
you would totally understand, even though the Ghanaian speaks English, you would totally understand the words and the colloquialism that I would use in a conversation. My Ghanaian brother might not fully understand it because it's different words that mean different things and arranged in different manners to get your point across in Ghana when you're talking with Ghanaians. And so those things are things that need to be met, need to be, you know, uh, discussed. Like here, a prime example. We go to a restaurant and you tell them you want to, uh, okay, I want to get that for takeout. I want to, you know, get the rest of my food, you know, prepared for takeout so I can take it with me. I was saying takeout in Ghana and they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> Over there, they call it takeaway, you know, and we were saying to go. I want to get that to go. And they like, what? Well, it, until they was like, oh, takeaway. When I found out takeaway, I was like, oh, I got it now. So such simple as that, man. No, that's real. That's real talk. And, and it's like that wherever country you go, you know, windscreen versus windshield. I've actually heard uh, Mazungus when I first went to Europe say it's not windscreen or not. It's not windscreen. It's windshield. And you're like, hold on. You in London right now. Shut up. You know, that's that American arrogance. No matter what color you are, we got to shed that off, too, because we don't know everything. We can't show Africa nothing. But this money that we can invest and build, you know, we can't, we're not, we're not Jesus, you know, um, I don't care how holy you think you are. That's true. So, and I want to shout out, you talk about Sankofa, I believe uh, that sister, you know, is a lawyer. We've had some, um, some dealings with her, all positive vibes. I believe she's a lawyer and her husband is from Ghana, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Right. That's my brother. Uh, I too, that's my brother, her and y'all. And, uh, She's built an attorney here in, in Memphis as well. Memphis, the Virgin Islands, and uh, I think y'all live uh, and DC, and DC too. Yeah, so she's a very well versed sister, and uh, she has a heart set on Ghana, man. She's really one hundred percent, man. I wouldn't even endorse it. If, if, and, and like I say, when I say sister, not just someone I know, but I've been knowing this sister for a long time. Her, her children, her, her, my wife are best friends. So you know that's how deep that goes. But she's excellent. Yeah, she's very well versed. No, that's that's beautiful. And and you know, off air, we we've talked, and there's so many people doing great things that are allowing people to relocate and making it easier, affordable. If you can afford a 90 inch screen TV, you can definitely afford to go see some what freedom looks like. Look, a 75 inch TV will pay your rent for a year. <laughs> <laughs> and you might have to pay it for a year, depending where you are, because the standards are, you know, yeah. That, that now, now you have gone to Ghana, relocated when you want to go. You know, you go back and forth. Something that a lot of folks talk about. When you go to Ghana, what do you do with your home in America? Uh, really, what I do is I plan. Like it's it's like this. If I go to Africa one month. I'm planning eight months before that. So what I would do is I would make sure that, I, you know, first of all, I'm an entrepreneur here. So I have a, a natural hair care business and a, a health consultation business here in the States. I'll call it Nappy by Nature. And so I have adult children as well. So when I'm gone, my children are still here running the business. And so like, like then they would, they would pay the rent, you know, they'll do all, take care of all the business aspects. If we hadn't already paid it up in advance for the amount of time that we're going to be gone. So that's a lot of times how we do it. You know, it's not a lot of, we don't do any frivolous spending while we're here in the States. No frivolous spending. I don't have a, I don't have a, a Sprint bill. Uh, I don't have a cable bill. Uh, I don't, I don't, my cars are paid for. You know, I don't have a lot of overhead like that because I feel like the money that I make to bring in is the money I need to establish the rest of my life for and set up something for my grandchildren and my children. And so with that being said, I'm very meticulous about how I use our fine, how we use our finances. Pay that rent up. If I'm gonna be gone for three months, if I only have at that particular moment to pay up for two, bam, pay that too. And I tell my children, I instruct them because they're all well versed in the business. Pay our rent, you know, take care of this. But like how we are now, hey bro, I'm dissolving everything. I don't, I'm I I get I got a little small studio now. We downsizing, and you gotta make that stuff count, man. You gotta make it count because if you're trying to keep up over here while you over there. You're going to go broke after a while. But like I say, make it strategic. If you know you plan to be gone for three months, if you can, pay that three months of your rent up. You know what I'm saying? Let your let your, uh, you, utilities be cut out. Put it on hold or suspend your utilities so you won't have that constant utility bill at your home. Turn that cell phone off. You take that phone, buy a SIM card overseas, put that overseas SIM card in it over there and use it. You know, cut those bills down so you can 
had a freedom because us as African people, man, around the world, we don't have, we don't feel like we have the freedom to be able to matriculate around this world, which all automatically and originally belongs to us. So we got to get, we got to break that man, that chain off so we can get around and do some globe trotting the right way. How important is it, whether you're doing film, whether you're doing business, just to start? Because I can hear a brother probably around, you know, 20 years old right now, maybe 25, say, well, you know, Kellen, I want to go to Africa, but first I want to pay off my house so then I can rent it Airbnb and then I can let that, you know, mature. and you want everything perfect. It's like when a guy says, I don't want to get married right now. I want everything to be perfect before I do that and then have kids. So how important is it just to kind of start? Just go, man. Just go. You can't, you'll never be able to plan your whole life today. <laughs> it's impossible. You can't do it. You know, because when you say, all right, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay off my house. All right, you'll get to a year out from the, you got one year left to pay on your house. You came over this place, you get one year to pay up on your house. The motor goes out on your car and your wife's car. <laughs> Dig what I'm saying? Bam! Now you got to take out of that. You get it because the family got to keep moving. I got to take about two or three grand to get a motor put in my car or put one in my wife's car, depending on what you're driving. You understand? So if you're in the bins and the bins lock up on you, you got to go. You, you know, that's a whole half a house note right there by itself. So you got to think about this stuff, man. Just go. I would tell any young brother if you got the money to go, get on the plane, take you a trip. So you can see for yourself, because we can talk on the internet and YouTube all day long, but until you go and see for yourself to verify or to dispute any of the things that I've said, you'll never really know. You're not gonna spend all of that money, man. Put Don't try to talk about, I gotta get everything because we'll never do it. That's a rat race. That's the hamster wheel that they got us running on in the States. We gotta get everything perfect, then we can do X, Y, Z. Don't do that. Don't do yourself like that, man. We all try ourselves to live right now. Go. Check it out and you can formulate your plan. That's why we was born with game in our brain. Real real talk. And and let me ask you then when you go to Ghana, do you um have you invested in a place or are you still kind of searching and saying, hey, sometimes we want to be in the city? Sometimes we might want to check out, you know, because there's other cities than Accra, folks, you know, yeah. in Ghana. So how do you, you know, how do you move around Ghana and what do you invest in? Where do you live? Okay, so first of all, what I, what we did was we were starting. We have rented, I've rented about, let's see, uh, I've rented probably about over the years about eight places. I've had about eight homes there. And uh, that's just going from place to place to place to place to place. But what I did was we purchased our land. We have two sets of land that we purchased. And uh, we're starting to try to build on those on those lands. You know, and what we're doing, you just take a little bit here, put it in, like say, for instance, if I'm having a $1,000 out of this, three months to spend that I've been able to collect over three months. That's just disposable income. I take that, send that to Ghana. Okay. Let's go take that thousand and go from the base up. You might go from the, from the, the base to the walls. And from the next three months, you might send another thousand over, go from the walls up to the roof. And that's how you build your place. And it's a lot of people doing it that way. But me personally, I secure transportation first because pro trolling and, <laughs> And taxiing gets very expensive when you're in Ghana. So I got me a ride. I got it. We we was fortunate enough uh, working with my Ghanaian brother. May he rest in power, Uncle Tenchi Blamano. It's like more like my uncle, not brother. Uh, got us a ride. Got us a Jeep over there. So now, and of course, over the four or five years we've been going, I learned my way around. This is early on. Because like I said, we've been there 13, 14 years. I started learning my way around. So now when I land on the plane, I drive. And most of the time, like now, Airbnbs are so efficient in Ghana. If I want to stay in a cry, if I want to be close to, uh, if I got a lot of dealings and business to do in the city, boom, I just give me an Airbnb in the city instead of going out to the land. Or I might go out to uh, to a lot of the elders that's out in Cape Coast. You know, we build relationships with them. You know, go out there, stay a, a few days or a few weeks out there in Cape Coast. And, uh, you know, you bounce around back and forth. But like now, yeah, it's like Suncove Repet House. Uh, we have an apartment in, in Winnable, uh that's between uh, Accra and Cape Coast that we can go put our feet up at. And so just over the, over time, you start to make your stakes. And it sounds like rich life if we're thinking about the dynamics of how we would be able to do it here. You know, saying if I'm living in Memphis, all right, I got a, a summer home in the ATM. I'm going to go, you know, put my feet up over there. Now, it's not like that far as like the money is concerned. <laughs> 
you talk about maybe like a G-ball and you got an apartment for like a year, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, two years in some cases. So, you know, that's one of the things I really like about it. And it really gives you an opportunity to be who you are, to be the black person or the African person that you want to be, man. Now, that, that's that's real. I think a lot of folks worry about if I do run out of money, I want to have a place that I've paid for and that I don't have. But if you run out of money, you also got to worry about eating. So you have to you know, plan on what is even when you are 80, 90, what's your plan? to be able to afford this lifestyle. But I think what you, when you say just go, you might become a multimillionaire out there doing something that you couldn't do in the state. Let me tell you something. I, I haven't seen uh, wealth until I got to Africa. And what I mean by that, I mean, I lived in, in, in Los Angeles. I've been in Miami, I lived in New York. I lived a lot of places. I've seen rich people. I mean, even when we talk about them Zungu, you know, they got their little paper situation going on. I did not see wealth until I got on the African continent. I didn't see wealth spent in the African way until I got on the continent. And what I mean by that, man, is uh, I never saw hardwood ceilings or Brazilian wood, redwood ceilings inside the house until I got to Ghana. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. you know, I never see marble floors marble walls what we will call marble flooring on the walls and on the ceilings in bathrooms or in dining rooms in living rooms i never seen that so when you go to africa with a business plan you might just go a guy selling t something as simple as t-shirts will make you a millionaire this is a, this is a little game right here too something as simple as t-shirts will make you a millionaire in ghana and socks and what i mean by that is that in Ghana, this is using Ghana for example, because I know the business in Ghana. You get these Chinese thin, I can't, I don't even know the words used for the collars that's on the t-shirts where you can wash them once and the collar flip back down this way. Yeah. You don't have the regular cotton t-shirts like what we have just on a whim. How You know how the brothers out hustling t-shirts, something happened, they had a, the, the t-shirt printed up the next day. We don't have that in Ghana, but it's the market is there and it's available. You should hear, brothers, when I go, because I got a nice little T-shirt game I like to, you know, keep, I like to boast on. When they go there, bro, where did you get this shirt? Where did you get this? Oh, if you would bring this here, you would make lots of money. Even all-white T-shirts, if you just came with just all-white T-shirts, but the gilding quality or the, or the, the pro-image quality that we get here, you'll be a millionaire. So just go. Go there and see. I saw a store, a brother had a kiosk, selling socks and he was from uh california booming wow. booming socks oh he got a bar now he got a restaurant now and he just went on a trip so it's possible i don't know about you i know you know you got your african wear on right now i only go shopping for clothes when i hit the continent because i might get some versace even underwear right off the street and maybe pay a dollar or two and i and and nobody you know not that anybody seeing i'm old and married but that's the game to me look you got live man look oh this is goddamn wear man look let me tell you something what i like to do I like to get tailored up when I go to Ghana. <laughs> and what I mean by that, so like, boom, I might go get a, a a jogging suit made. I'll take a picture of a jogging suit I might like here in the States, right? Take it to the tailor. It really any tailor seems as you go to in Ghana, man. And like, okay, boom, I want it like this. Boom, oh, my brother, no problem. And then when I come back, you got a piece that when you hit the stage, they're like, oh, I know you paid about six grand for that, man. What you get it from? He's like, yeah, it's nice, huh? Guess how much you paid for? Uh, about $40. What? Man. Oh, yeah, man. So, you know, even like I got another brother, man. Another piece of game I'll put you up on. His brother named uh, Nigash. Nigash has New World Royalty. He sources all of his fabrics, his buttons, his thread. Everything from Ghana and Nigeria, but they're manufactured in Ghana. He has a whole factory and a whole company in Ghana. New World Royalty. That is my clothe of the year. Is my best friend, uh, as well as 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 my a business partner of mine. And when I tell you, bro, everything is tailored to fit, so you can look like a million dollars without spending that. That's what we own, man. That's what we own. That's that's hey. 
And uh, you got to, you that's somebody killing. Definitely got to have a diversified game, my brother. I, you, that's a must. I'm reaching out to him. I see it and it looks clean. And, you know, I just don't get and and you, you know, coming up to in California, you want you understand the shallowness of, of what I'm describing, how our folks can put on the Gucci, the Burka bags here in America. Nobody cares in Africa what's real, what's fake, as long as it's clean and ready to go and steamed. So why not create your own line out there, or have your own little flavor than trying to keep up with whatever Gucci or whoever, you know, whatever other Italian designer folks are praising. I mean, you you got that. You're you what you got right now. That's not even out yet, y'all. What what power has on now? This this 2025 game. So you know, be ahead of the game. I just don't get it. Man, me neither, bro. I mean, I don't, it's days that I can go intentionally, I can go at least a month. Now, maybe let me see, maybe two months. And I can wear from head to toe all African or black designers. That's how I buy my clothes. You know, you know what I mean? If I don't have a New World shirt on, if I got jeans on, if I don't have some African uh, denim that I bought, I might have on a coupe, you know, T.I. brand. You know, I might have on uh, a Black Pyramid or some Chris Brown, some, you know, even if you can't keep it all the way African, keep it black. Even my drawers, my underwear, I got black-owned company underwear on right now. Champs, get down with Champs. You know, I, I ran up on Champs at the uh, We Buy Black in Atlanta. You know, that's another place that you can go to get up on everything. Black uh, black watch manufacturers, shoes, socks. Hey, man, we can do it. People are like, well, I can't wear Don't nobody make this. Nobody black makes this. Yes, they do. You got to look for it, and you can find it. That's how no, we that's- got it like that every day bro no that's 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 real so you know with all the success that you have had and that you're gonna have in the future what is like a community give back that you're doing or that you plan on doing oh man i've been having a feeding the homeless program for probably about uh let me see about uh this is 2020 for about 20 years now for about 20 years now and so uh, we have a program where we feed the homeless, bro. Just go right out where the people are. Potluck type situation. The people pull up, pull dishes. We will collect clothes. We get back to the community that way. Uh, and as far as on the continent is concerned, you know, we uh, we had that St. Cope Repatriation House. And we're doing a lot of things. We uh, have an or- orphanage that we're trying to help and uh, re- help fund us in Tanzania. So it's a lot of things that we're doing. And when it comes to like those things that I do outward like that, those are a lot of things that I don't publicize with people a lot because people tend to try to, I don't know if it's just like innate hatred or I, you know, I hate, hate to use that word hatred because it's like a vibration I really don't deal in. Mm-hmm. But you know, people will try to sabotage what you got going on. So my, my uh, advice to anybody that's doing anything for the community, just do it. Just, just do it. You know, if you got a core group of people that you deal with, deal with those people. And of course, on a daily basis here, I'm doing health, wellness. Uh, I'm trying to help my people, man, with their health because health down here in the, in the South is horrendous. You know, everybody's overweight, you know, uh, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, hypertension, you know, all of that type of stuff, man. So I've been blessed to be uh, educated by Dr. Dr. Africa and uh, Dr. Sabi personally you know, to try to push forward some more of that knowledge, man, help our folks. So that's like my gift I give back to my people, man. You know, I, like I'm feeding in, in all sorts of ways and facets. I'm always doing something to help people, always. No, I believe it. And, you know, the reason why you do not promote that and have it on your sleeve, because you're not like some of these influence. Hey, look at me, look at me. And when you're doing, it's like when you were making your movie. I'm sure you weren't on the set talking about, Hey, y'all, check me out. I'm here. I'm doing this. What You know, when you're doing, you're just in the groove. And, 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 hold on. I got to go even a little deeper. When y'all are making good love, I'm sure you're not calling your partner saying, hey, man, you know, if you are, you like 15, 16, and you don't understand the game, and you ain't good at it. So <laughs> when you are doing, you are just in the groove. So I feel you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. My daddy told me loose lips sink ships, man. And like I said, my pop was uh my pop was in the uh, Black Power movement, man. So he was like, a lot of stuff, son. You know, you just do it. You go ahead, you do it. You make sure you do it well. 
and people are, they'll see it. You don't have to show it to them. You don't have to make it available to them. They'll see it. So I, I follow the lessons, man. And I know, you know, you, you were, um, you are blessed to have your parents and, and to give that game. The thing about it now, the world has shifted where everything that was once wrong is now right. And yeah. it's like, if you're not documenting it, people won't believe you. True, true. <laughs> You know, so it's just a different, it's a different, it's a different era, but you guys are listening to someone. Hold on. I'm going to go somewhere else with this. Y'all got to forgive me. Power, you don't have to go down this road, but you are listening to somebody who has wisdom, who has lived the life, done some of the things that you guys want to do, creating a business, international travel. He has had, you know, parents and he is also married. So the game that he's giving isn't somebody out here in theory Give, being toxic, he can tell you how to have a stable family. It's not in theory, because we have influencers who are going viral, who look like us, who are for the negativity, but power, he doesn't, again, we're not in that space. People ask me, what do you think about so-and-so? I don't know. I don't, I don't live in that world, you know? I, I, I got a family, so I love that you got that game, and that's why living my best life in Ghana, you guys need to subscribe to that. Again, links are in the description box. You need to get it from people who have proven that they have a stable life and a wife. And talk about your wife. How has she enriched your company, your life, period? Man, look, I, woo, how long does this show last? Man, but we, you know, <laughs> talk that talk. You won't be cut off. Man, look, man, my wife is awesome, man. Future is awesome. Uh, we've been together 20 years. Um, when I tell you my wife is a singer, she's a songwriter, uh, she's a producer. She helps produce her own music in her own because she has uh, CDs that's available. Uh, this is an awesome woman, man. Uh, she has allowed me the freedom to be the man that I am and the room to grow to be an even better man as I age and progress in life. And what I mean by that, man, she's Full support. We are always together. We work together. Of course, we live together. Uh, our ch my children work with me here at, at our shop. Uh, my grandchildren know how to run the cash register. They greet our customers. They know how to package our herbs. They know what each individual herb does that we use. You know, they're still learning that, like, that, uh, that language, but Having a wife is the most beneficial thing that have ever happened to me. Even my, my, my years in California, I lived an extravagant single life. <laughs> so when I did get married, I was able to see the benefit of having a wife. Because when you have a wife, that's a whole set of circumstances and worries that you no longer have. No longer have, okay, I got, you know how we got brothers out when, you, when you're younger, you got to get me one, two, three this weekend. You know what I'm saying? I get out work, I got to, you know, get my thing on. I don't have to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? I have a beautiful wife, too. I mean, now, there's one thing I can say right here. Take your time and make sure you get with the type of woman that attracts you, attracts you, that you can talk to, and that will hold you down and keep you excited. And what I mean by that, if you're not into going to church, don't go get a Bible study uh, teacher or a Sunday school teacher, because you will be cheating on her. I'm just going to tell you, I'm keeping it real. Get the type of woman that excites you as a man. That's a man choice. That's another piece of man game. So that way you can get under control your desires and your wants. Because you know, bro, hey, man, look, women come, they come, they coming at you. My trust and my loyalty to my woman is what keeps me afloat and allows me to transcend all of the problems that come. Because I have a thing about loyalty. I am definitely loyal to my woman. And she's loyal to me. And it didn't get that way by just telling her, asking her to give it to me. I had to take a chance to give it to her first. She took a chance and gave it to me. So now, bro, we uh, we can we can sit down. We have problems arise. We sit down. We talk about them. <clears throat> Not saying we have a perfect marriage. But I'm going to say perfect marriage. We don't argue and fuss. You know, you had a little tips. Uh, I might want mustard. You put mayonnaise. You know, little stuff like that. But that's it. <laughs> mustard and mayonnaise hey 40 we hear you yeah yeah e40 <laughs> um no that's uh that that's i'm thinking about the versus battle e40 and too short so i was, yeah, I was on it <laughs> yeah 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 and and so you know with that your wife 
you know, he, he's talking about his wife's essence. And because some of y'all only heard, oh, she's beautiful too. But a lot of the guys now are looking at Instagram, trying to compare the woman they have to some Instagram woman that will drive them crazy or broke. And it's bigger than that, man. Beauty fade. You guys better read the full scriptures, the Ethiopian version. Um, but, you know, talk about the, you know, the, the brain power. She's a singer. Do you also do music as well? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do. I do music and I'm a poet as well. And uh, my wife is, uh, I allow her to feel her voice. My wife is very good with finance. She's very, very, very good with money. She's very good with organization. So I'm very good with, with finance as well, but I'm even better with the application of said things. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, so when you have a company, you have people that work in the finance department. Finance department don't get up into the architecture department. They don't do that. You understand what I'm saying? Architecture don't go down to finance. So if you let people fulfill their role where they are the best in, where they shine the most, that is the recipe for success. And I allow her to do that. She's very well-versed, man. She's very well-versed. I mean, this woman, uh, her latest CD is called uh, On Everything I Love. And it's available everywhere. And when people hear it, they're like, man, this is like Badu. This is like Jill Scott. I'm not just saying it because she's my wife, but the, the sister's talented, bro. She's talented. And I think that we need to let the sister's African uh, essence shine, the African uh, superiority shine. And we need to be complimentary to that and vice versa. And that's like more, more so like the key to us winning because of, uh, when we get around, man, uh, if I'm if I'm down and about, I have full confidence, and I know my wife has the ability to make sure that everything is going the way that we plan it to go. If a, a situation arises, I don't. She don't have to call me and, and tell me, uh, uh, baby, I need to make a decision on this. I trust her decision to be made, vice versa. So that's a lot of uh. A lot of perks that I have when it comes to uh, having a good woman on your side, man. She'll let you grow. You, you you preaching to someone and you don't even know who you preaching to, but you know some of these old fools who, you know, and sometimes uh, uh, I would say young, but I'm thinking about the old fools who they've been with the woman for so long and then something changes for the better for them and then they want to upgrade and find out, uh-oh, this is like a Tyler Perry movie. I done got a pretty idiot and it's, she can't help my business. She can't run it. She just she just looked good, made me feel good until my money started going down. Exactly, exactly. And y'all, I hope y'all heard what he just said. Don't be, don't, don't, don't do the pretty idiot thing. We got a lot of that going around. But you gotta get substance, bro. Substance, man. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that you look at because I even tell my son right now, when you're dealing with a woman, the rest of your life is a long time. So that's a long time to be either upset or it's a long time to be sad you can't do it you owe it to yourself and you owe it to that woman to be all that you can be be all you can be for yourself and when you do that you'll be all that you can be for that woman man you guys got the game even a game overload anymore you're gonna have to hit up power and say hey i, I need some game i'm gonna put the links in the description so you guys make sure you watch the movie you Anything else, power you want to leave the people with, man? Speak your piece, my brother. Man, look, I want everybody to understand that uh, we have we have a mission. When you have a life, when the Creator has given you a life, you have a mission with that life. And if you melanated, your mission is to find out where you came from if you don't know, and to make all your strides to make that place better. We've been here. We paid our dues in the States. Now, I'm not saying everybody just, everybody not going to up and leave going from away from the States anyway. That's unrealistic. But you can have Africa in your mind right here in the United States. You can have Africa in your mind in New Zealand, Australia, wherever you might be. Make the best with this one chance that you've given. Do the best with your life. We got enough negativity that's going on around here. Uh, be positive. You know, deal with your negativity in your own space. Not saying that you're not going to have it. That's unrealistic. We all had negative things and crazy situations that come up. Deal with that in your own space. And don't be afraid to try, bro. Can't be afraid to try. And I want everybody to check out BKE Films. <clears throat> we, have a, we had a lot, a nice roster that's coming up. We were me and my cousin, which was the director and the writer of uh, of uh, Coming to uh, Africa. We've we been discussing part two already, man. So I heard you talking about the series. We've been discussing part two already. 
And the one thing I didn't say anything about, Kellen, is that we had Khalil Kane in our movie too, man, from Juice. And uh, a quick story about that, bro. Uh, I was working in uh, North Hollywood at the time during the filming of Juice back in the early 90s. And he walks this dude, and I'm like, oh, that's the dude. Okay, that's the dude. Okay. So he was like, uh, he came in, he was looking for his regular barber, which was a cat from New York named Raheem. Raheem wasn't there that particular day. So I ended up cutting Khalil Kane's hair. This is like 93, 92, 93, early 90s, like either 92 or 93, right after the riots. So ended up making a relationship with him a long, long time ago, man. Years passed, we lost contact. And come to find out when my cousin was trying to, we was putting together the casting for the film. He called me one night, like, cuz, cuz, guess what, guess what? And I'm like, what's up? Guess who I just got for the film, man? Cause we was trying to get another actor too. I'm gonna tell you that story to, to uh, offline, Kelly. I gotta tell you that story about that actor right there. But anyway, yeah. The uh uh when we got he was telling me he was like, we got Khalil Kane. I was like, Khalil Kane, he was like, yeah. So I was like, watch when we get him together, watch the reaction. Cause I know he's gonna remember me because I cut his hair for about a year, year and a half. Man, we saw each other, it was like two long lost brothers, man. Like I say, I had been in the industry for like since back then, I was just a barber back then. But, man, when he came in, man, he blessed us with his talent, his wisdom. And, man, like I said, we got brothers for nights, so we talking about working on other projects now. So we got Khalil Kane on board. He's he's working with us on other things, man. He's introducing us to different people. So being good and holding down who you are, it pays off in the end. Well, you guys have been blessed with the game. When he said they got Khalil Kane, and you have to remember, he also said he's a poet. Then you got to remember who Khalil's daddy was. We might see a remix called The Last Last Poets, Khalil Kane, Power, and whoever else he wants to bring in. You know, so you guys like, share, subscribe, be blessed. Power, let's take it offline. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.